What is up, everybody? Welcome to NFTs in the Arena. We are exactly one week from the Ethereum merge. Uh, I think our last episode, John and I were actually recording a few hours before the merge actually occurred. And that's what we wanted to dive into to today, essentially. And the big thing is that we actually just wanted to wait a week as opposed to doing the recording the day after to truly see how the dust has settled. And much of what we actually discussed on the previous episode has actually come to fruition. And what I mean by that is that the Ethereum um, blockchain held itself, and much like all the engineers were sure of themselves, they actually, what they would deem as a success, I suppose you would deem it as a success because the network is still intact, no one lost their money, and we'll actually get into a funny story about that. So it's a funny learning, I suppose, because of the irony of things we spoke about before later on in the episode. But to get started off, Jono, how are you doing, man? Um, how do you feel that the merge has gone based on the, the conversations you've had with people, based on what you've seen? What's up, Mikey? What's up, peeps? Everyone's doing well. Um, <laughs> well, look, I think from what I've heard and from what I've seen, look, it was a very busy week for me nonetheless. Uh, I did go through some hiccups, some ebbs and flows. So I haven't been very congruent in the space, but I did hear good things. Things were successful. Everything's running smoothly. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a thumbs up for me. Eh? I'm super excited. I'm, I'm actually going to dabble with staking Ethereum as soon as I get the chance. Yeah, and when you why why would you want to stake it now? Like, like what would the benefit be? Just so the audience knows. Well, look, I think it's just about accruing uh, interest over time. You know, like making use of the the crypto for the long term. For me, it's 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 a bit of both. I think there's investment where you hold it for a, a substantial amount of time, and there's also the opportunity to use it on the protocol. So yeah, like I think I'm gonna dabble with both. I don't know what the the APYs are for for the Ethereum stakes currently because I haven't dug into that space as yet. But when I do, uh, I'll definitely notify everybody at the next session. Yeah, just <laughs> notify. Uh, just hit him up on Instagram. Uh, but uh, so let's get into this, Donna. So I mm. think the big question is. What now? What does this mean? Like, what is the, what is the next step, Shane? And I think the first thing that I wanted to just go through is that uh, I think Ethereum pulled off what some would say like a stunning technical upgrade that saw this popular blockchain that adopt the proof of stake model for processing transactions, which is obviously very good, and that was the intention. And what the goal of this was to do, and, and the next step, steps that this would create, is essentially upgrading what is known as the merge, right? And it's mm. going to slash carbon emissions, which is obviously a big thing. And I think that they said it's going to slash it by what, so this is obviously what you read up on is 99%. And obviously that's quite, obviously quite impressive because I also believe that much like we experienced in climate change around the world, we had now experienced, um, this hurricane in, in Florida, Hurricane Ian, I think it's called. Obviously, yeah, I've been hearing about that. A lot, everything is, everything you see nowadays is down to climate change. And of course, it's incredibly important, but I do feel like in anything, you have to have uh, both sides to the story. And I also believe, like in many other cases, the media can 
obviously manipulates society into believing certain things. And not to say that I don't I don't think that climate change is real. But my point is like instead of um, focusing on the negatives like like, um, like things with Ethereum before this whole merger was obviously the, the negative impact it had on, on climate. I feel like sometimes they use that narrative to obviously ridicule certain things like Ethereum, like we've spoken about in previous episodes, how people still believe that cryptocurrencies, blockchain technology with coins like Ethereum, like Bitcoin are not going to stick around. But obviously we also want to wait that this merge now has obviously um, raised the ears of various people in the banking institutions and the financial sector. And the reason why I've gone into that is because the whole carbon emission thing is obviously something now that's going to work in their favor. And I think that Vitalik actually had, he had spoken about on an interview, I think yesterday, where he said that there's a good chance that Ethereum will flip or essentially leap Bitcoin. And I mean, obviously, the skeptics would argue that because he's the co-founder and he's the one driving Ethereum. What, what did you say to that? And like, do you think that this opportunity will favor Ethereum mostly or will it favor everyone? Well, look, I think it's twofold. Uh, it will favor both. Uh, definitely Ethereum. I do believe that what Vitalik said regarding Bitcoin uh, is a true statement in the in. Maybe even in the short term, Ethereum uh, will will flip Bitcoin uh, purely because of uh, the adoption and the idea around what it can be used for as a as a utility. The difference with Bitcoin is still it's being mined; it's still consuming energy. Uh, it doesn't doesn't take away from what it is uh, in essence, but it it does allow, or should I say? influence uh, bigger companies and, and, and corporate, uh, corporations, like you said, uh, to, to adopt the Ethereum blockchain instead of, for instance, Bitcoin, purely because who knows what uh, the nuance will be in the future regarding how this gets taxed and the scrutiny it has on the environment. So you jump on, for instance, onto the blockchain with Bitcoin as, as a huge institution and five years down the line, you 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 you're really paying due purely because of the consumption of energy and how adopted this Bitcoin um, space is to your consumer because that's essentially what's going to happen. Like banking companies and uh, public good companies like social media companies like Facebook, they have millions and billions of users. The moment they decide what chain they use, it's, 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 it's crucial. It's... It is what it is as a result. So therefore, Ethereum made a very good move into moving into a proof-of-stake system so that, like you said, 99% of the energy consumption is nullified. And as a result, it's a very beautiful product service for uh, corporations such like Facebook, etc. Oh, Meta. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> interesting. I just pulled up this article that I had read, I think, a few days ago. Um, and it was um, on and the, the author's name was Jeff Roberts, or the, the journalist, and like he whole, the whole thing was like, it's finally happened. And he, he kind of touched on something that I found super interesting, and it'll lead me into my next point, is that um, they've, they've managed to do this, they're, they're going to be reducing 99% of what they say is carbon emissions, and he deems it, and in inverted commas, he says, 
this shows that this ragtag band of crypto developers can get shit done. And yes, 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 amazing. Um, this guy seems pretty defined to how he's writing. Obviously, he's mm, Yes. He's saying that the way in which you could actually help and help people understand what these engineers have actually done is that these developers changed like in aeronautical terms, like the proverbial jet engine mid flight and did it without a hitch. I mean, and like we spoke about this, like the likelihood of this failing was unlikely, not because we're looking at this in hindsight, but because we know that they were um, dedicated seven, eight years to with plans in place to do the Merge, which is obviously mm, yes. something that I believe that we should celebrate and actually praise. And the nice thing is that with Ethereum as opposed to Bitcoin, you can put almost a face to a net. You can almost say, yes, okay, yes. he's a leader, he seems like a very interesting individual, and he obviously is very intelligent and he has a vision and he's executing on that on that vision. Whereas the mm. Bitcoin is not the same, where I think because it came out a lot sooner, and yes, we kind of assume who we created and then we can put names to it. But you don't really see a guy going and talking about Bitcoin that he created yeah, at like a TEDx talk, for example. Or yes. And why I bring this up is because I think Ethereum will eventually get to at least the level of Bitcoin because like Apple, like, like SpaceX, like Amazon, people like to associate a person with a brand which they support. And yes, definitely. Vitalik would actually follow suit because you spoke about this last week where you said mm. the next Steve Jobs, the next big guy is going to be operating in Web3 or in crypto. And you yes. almost suggested that this guy might be that individual. But mm, mm. Do, you, do you think that because he's in the public eye, because he's obviously representing his brand, it's actually going to do it a lot of good? to get investment, to get people, uh, to get more buying, because this is essentially what Ethereum is trying to do, is to get more people to buy into the platform and to build those forks that we spoke about. What do you think about yeah, that? Definitely, bro. We, we social beings. We want to, we want to, like you said, put a face to the brand or the name. And um, a guy like Vitalik being as virtuous as he is, is uh, the perfect opportunity to, to put face to brand, especially during this transition. And him sticking steadfast to his vision, which is great. And that is much like what Steve Jobs had. He was a visionary and he pushed towards it. Yes, he was um, perhaps a little autocratic and a narcissistic as some has deemed him to be. Like it's difficult to say because I've never really met the guy. But nonetheless, I think that Vitalik brings a different element to this, this um, modern age businessman businesswoman element, if that makes sense. And this is the whole like nerdy, let's, let's change the world. Let's make things, you know, a better place. And I'm going to use my intelligence and my, my monetary, uh, um, leverage to try and bring as much value to the world as possible. And, you know, that's, that's like something that's coming out of a, a, a cartoon. You get what I'm trying to say. So it's like, it's very, it's very like disruptive. And this is what's beautiful. Because with Bitcoin, like having no face to the name, kind of like made people very skeptical about how scammy this may be. And the beauty of someone putting their face on the line is that there's a reputation. And as a result, people are willing to point the finger if this dude does wrong. So, yeah, I think this is what's going to really make it, um, well, it's going to 
exponentially speed up the adoption of Ethereum, especially post this merge. Yeah, and I think also that I think the presumed advantages of this is of, is of course this energy um, efficiency that we've touched on, but it's also going to be uh, an opportunity or create lower barriers to entry, as well as that I think there's less risk of centralization, which is what you and I definitely for is like when these big financial institutions start getting getting involved. They're almost trying to centralize the decentralization idea of a blockchain technology, one would imagine. Mm, mm, yes. The intention, but you would be naive to think that they're not. So, not for sure. Vitalik has spoken about that is obviously incredibly important is the, the, the security against attacks. And I, I think mm. I would say is like if you had to look at the whole thing, is what does this whole proof of stake open up? Like, what is it, a very key thing? I think. One of them is this economic resources that this whole ecosystem now will no longer will, will create because people no longer have to spend on proof of work. And I yes, think this, yes. all kinds of projects are going to have somewhat, somewhat more resources than they did before. And this is why I think Ethereum is going to take, once people start understanding and educating themselves around it, they're going to start to realize the pros and the cons. And this is obviously going to supersede a lot of the other blockchain technologies, as well as coins that are currently available. And I yeah. think the timing was absolutely perfect because mm -hmm. over the next three to four years, I do believe in that society will start moving towards us because the last few years, because it's been in, in, in social media and it's obviously been around for a lot longer than, than that, is that people are starting to warm up to this. And also a lot of people are starting to challenge the status quo. We've seen what's happening in these countries where people are protesting for certain things and people are actually starting to realize that we we say we're living in democracies, but then you've mm. got um, companies or uh, that are almost canceling individuals like Andrew Tate, for example. The reason why mm. I bring this up is because I, I watched the podcast with that Patrick Ben David and he had Andrew Tate on for four hours. Actually, yeah. I highly recommend watching it for the reason that he actually obviously tells his side of the story, but um, Patrick Ben David, who's a successful entrepreneur, and he has his own podcast, dives in and actually tries to understand genuinely who this individual is. And obviously, a lot of the stuff that was shared about him on social media, it's arguably false or true. I don't really want to get into that. But the, the interesting thing about this guy is that he, he got cancelled off YouTube, um, Facebook, Instagram, uh, WhatsApp, Airbnb, Uber, seven of these banks, um, everything. Every, how, how do all these institutions get involved, right? Obviously, that's a whole different conversation. But my point mm, is like mm, those mm. kind of actions show me that we aren't living in this, this free autonomy or democratic world that we actually think we are in because quite easily if a person now goes against what the majority are doing, they're going to be cancelled whether it's mm, good mm. or bad. But my point yeah. is like Ethereum and the blockchain, it's so good and it's perfect timing because this technology will be very mature in the next few years, which will hopefully mm. avoid things like this happening and allowing people to have that free speech and also transact freely. And I think this is going to become the stepping stone to, like you spoke about, the next generation mm. of humans. Yeah, look, I think um, definitely what you brought up with the whole idea of people being cancelled. And for me, 
like I've done some reflection on that and a psychoanalyzed it to a bit to a point where I feel that it's, it's, it's merely just a, a form of groupthink that's been inverted in, into like a negative uh, aspect. And what, what crypto and blockchain nullifies is, especially with the, the upgrade with ETH, uh, is with the whole verification process of security and trying to avoid groupthink. And what I mean by that is like a digital version of it. And uh, uh, I can you say an attack version of that. So for instance, if I own most the Ethereum on the, on the blockchain, I have the ability to create consensus, or should I say make decisions that the whole community are susceptible to. And that's much like what a government is. And this is what Ethereum is trying to reduce is the ability for someone to consume as much of the, the, the asset portfolio and then use that to leverage consensus on the, on the chain. And um, that's pretty much groupthink. If you think about it, it's just democracy saying that this is how it should be. This is what's righteous. And who determines what's righteous, you know? Yes, the Bible and the Quran and that stuff's around for, for people to, to bring through virtues and, 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 and take from the, the, the allegories, you know, important messages of, of sustaining virtue. That's how I see all these, these, these scripts from the past. It's, it's not necessarily a way to do things. You know, because everyone's unique in their own right. And this is the beauty of blockchain is it's bringing that uniqueness to an individual. But with that being said, there's a whole uh, <laughs> vast environment that you put yourself into and you put yourself at risk if you're not educated enough. And like I, being a person that experienced such things, you know, thinking that I was, <laughs> you know, knowing enough to, to be in a position of comfort. And yeah, I got taught a lesson, you know, I got hacked. Uh, and it was so simple, you know, it was just trying to be comfortable in your experience of using the blockchain. And that what I mean by that is, right now, everything isn't solidified and fortified to the point where you can bring web three to web two domain in a risk free fashion. And unfortunately, I was playing with MetaMask on desktop and that's when I got fished and boom. Mad, mad, mad. mad. <laughs> so this is what I want to talk about. And I know I kind of said it was funny. I didn't mean it in mm. that way, but it was more ironic because we yes. had spoken about this before, the, the security issues and the duplicates of NFTs. And now with this merge where I received numerous emails from fake Coinbase accounts saying that with the yeah. merge, I need to, like, it became very prevalent. And obviously, we had spoken about this. So mm -hmm. I hope the people that were listening or viewing this would have actually taken that on. And would I would actually love to know if someone actually else, someone else got fish because you're pretty diligent and you've been in the space for a long time. And it's obviously, obviously a very cause, a very much a cause of concern because now, obviously, mm -hmm. how do you write and prove and how do you retrieve that money? At this point in time, you cannot. No, well, this is the thing, dude. Like for me, like, um, actually, let me just like run it through like a quick summary. Like what I did differently on that day. Uh, and I was actually quite proud because I've been running uh, some good uh, stakes and uh, farms on the Shiba Swap platform. And I was quite proud about it. 
So I brought that uh, to the team saying, hey, guys, it seems like the ShubaSwap, um, how can you say, passive returns are pretty good. And literally like an hour after that, I got whacked. But the reason why is because usually what I do is when I log into MetaMask is I copy the code, which is your, your pretty much your password. That's not the, the, the 12th phrase security private key. It's merely just the, the password into your, into your MetaMask essentially. And this time around, I said, let me type it out. You know, I thought, let me start to memorize all my passwords instead of, you know, copying it. So I typed it out, but obviously the shift key didn't make one uh, <laughs> letter, a capital, for instance, and boom, it was wrong. This is where I, I don't know what happens, but I think during the phishing process, someone wrote a script over the MetaMask um, plugin. Wow. When typing in the password and it's wrong, it pops up into some, I don't know, like I'm not an IT genius, but I would think that it pops up into a space where someone can jump in as soon as, because it went to the 12 phrase thing. Metamask sent me to that. I needed to type in my 12 phrase. I was like, fuck. But obviously it was early morning. I was like, fuck, okay. Got it out because I wrote it down. Type it out. And I think that's exactly when the person infiltrated was in that moment. And what's interesting for me. Not ideal, but I mean, your knowledge and your story is definitely going to be people. Yeah, help. look, it's, 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 for me, it's, it's allowed me to learn from this experience that right now you can't be too comfortable in trying to bring web three to web two right now. So keep everything on, 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 on a wallet that's preferably on your phone. So I've moved over to um, an app called SafePal. But something yeah. I wanna I wanna retract a bit. And what was interesting with the hacker is that he knew that I had hex takes, which was very interesting. So this means that the people that are in this domain that are trying to steal from others are actually quite um, <laughs> adept in their own right in the space. So they're not just people that are just IT gurus, they're actually crypto uh, masterminds in, in, in their own right. Because the coins that they even sent out my wallet was quite interesting, like my Roshis, you know, like it was worth only $10. But the thing is, the guy knows that that is Roshi, which the guy that started Shiba's um, loyalty token. So that's going to be worth a lot in the future. Yeah. This, this motherfucker knew this shit. <laughs> he sent it out. He was willing to pay Ethereum fees, or it was essentially my Ethereum, um, to send it out. So yeah, it's it's it's, it's smart people doing this, and this you, is you what you, you got locked out. You were trying to get in, you couldn't get in. No, I was in. He didn't change my passwords or anything. This is what makes me believe that he didn't have my twelve phrase. He literally just jumped in when I logged in. But the thing is, MetaMask. Only after this, knowing what I know now, did the research, because I never want this shit to happen again, that there's a lock function on both the app and the desktop. On the desktop, it's the top right. So when this is happening, as soon as you see a transaction that's not been authenticated by you, you can push lock. In most cases, this pushes everyone that's logged into your MetaMask out and they need to log back in. So what this does is 
in 90% of the cases, when they do just jump into the, the login process where they don't really know your private key, the lock function is going to save you in this situation. If I knew about it, it would have perhaps saved me because I, I saw my first hex stake get unpulled off and I was like, wait, <laughs> I know I unstaked a hex. It's so funny, bro. It was literally my first hex stake came to maturation and I unstaked it that morning. And then it happened. I thought, okay, maybe there's a glitch in the system, but that doesn't make sense. Hex is freaking well-designed, dude. Then again, another one, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Jumped in, just coming out, coming out. I was like, no way, someone's on you, bro. It happened in like three minutes. All of them came out. Like there was even like a 25% penalization on all the stakes. But that doesn't matter to someone, but he doesn't care. You can't get hold of anyone or anything, right? Look, The, probably the best thing you could do is phone a friend, but you know what I mean? You're just putting that person in a position where they might not have even experienced that. So this is how new the space is. Like yeah. I didn't really know what to do. So for me, taking the next step is to say, how can I be safer? How do I go? Do I go cold storage? And I think, yes, like for instance, like I, when I said with Ethereum staking, if I have a portion of my ETH, I'm going to take that and I'm going to stake it on a cold wallet, you know, and leave that. You know, next time I do my, my X stakes, I'm going to do that on a ledger. I'm going to leave that. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's better for now, right? Because it's just not worth it, bro. Like, <laughs> it really isn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll 100% look back at it. Yeah, bro, look. <laughs> I think it's relevant to what we're talking about now, not only cryptos, but also NFTs. Mm-hmm. I think one thing I also wanted to cover, and I suppose the whole point of this was that I think the whole reaction to the market, like a lot of people would have assumed that people would have pulled out and a lot of people were nervous around this, like you yes. would normally see in, a, in the stock market if a particular change was imminent. But I think the reaction yes. was like, I would say that's decidedly muted. In a way, it was... I think the Ethereum price did slump a bit, I think, as much mm. as 7% after the merge, which is not yeah. significant at all, I mean, compared to what we yeah. But, I mean, I don't think this is entirely surprising for me. I mean, I think a lot of investors like ourselves, um, even leading up to this merge, had almost priced it successfully before the merge started, already back in July, if you think about it. But I think yeah. The, the subdued like market reaction is also demonstrates that the Ethereum, as well as the whole crypto industry, as the whole the whole community, need more than what we've called now this merge to pull themselves out of the crypto winter, which is incredibly positive, mm-hmm. reassuring that people are like we've versus spoken about before is the trust, the trust factor. You actually end up yes. with a lot of crypto with trust and being uh, like. I think trust is a massive thing. We actually spoke about it with my team today, creating culture of values and speaking about how do we envision our company and what is the values that we hold. And trust was something that came up a few times amongst the people that we work with. And I think that is incredibly important. And if you can garner and capture an individual's trust or an industry's trust, then you, you are setting yourself up for success. Yeah, look, uh, I've, I've even gone, gone to believe in my own right that trust is even of higher value 
to a human being in love. And it's, 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 it's interesting. The reason why I say that is because you can love someone that you don't trust necessarily. But trust is just of the highest virtue because the thing is, if you don't trust someone, there's a certain level of, of experience or should I say advocation that you'll bring that will be reduced to some extent. And that means that you're not completely open. And this is what's beautiful about open source uh, uh, software and blockchain is that it's completely open. And this is what people want. And this is what essentially we would want in each other. You know, uh, uh, in relationships, we want each other to be completely open. And we find that as confrontational, it, it, it induces conflict. But I just believe it's just human beings not being self-aware enough to identify the emotions that comes with, with bringing the authentic self to, to fruition, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited as how this will culturally impact human beings in the future. It might take a couple of years, but I do believe that it's going to bring a, a good element of, of trust, especially in the, in, in the physical nature of how we advocate towards each other. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I do think that, I mean, like, if you look at it philosophically, and I, you know, I think you and I both mm. enjoy it. Yeah. Do that. But I, I also think, like, trust, security, and privacy is a massive thing. And this is something mm. that uh, Vitalik was really emphasizing, that this is what they're trying to create. Because they're also very well aware of how effective and impactful this technology is going to be. But in order to sustain it, maintain it, as well as grow it without any interruptions from people that are stealing money from individuals like you or hacking companies that obviously ruins their reputation. And these kind of things, as I assume, after the dot-com boom were also pretty prevalent, but not a lot of people understood it and were aware of it. I'm sure a lot of websites back then were, were getting hacked. Then. And mm. obviously right now you still see it every day, but I do believe that the finals and the protection around cybersecurity has exponentially increased where a lot of companies are investing millions of dollars in this. But I think another yeah, interesting thing, Yeah, and I think another interesting thing that I remember learning about was the 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 security around the NFT gaming space has obviously become incredibly popular. And games like I think it was called Axie Infinity was like a really successful NFT based game last year. But then they got mm. hacked. They got hacked, and then aside from that, it hasn't really been able to recover that game because obviously people don't tend to trust it. And yes, yes, this is, this is going yes. to. You know, there's the saying: two steps forward, one step. Back. Oh, I mean, mm. one step forward, mm. one step back. Right? This mm. is kind mm. of what I feel like the, the market is doing. Obviously, that's progressing quite nicely. But these little things like this is obviously influencing the purchasing behavior of them. I think, I think that's something that that's a risk we're all willing to take. But if, you're, yeah. if, you, if you had to lose money from your bank account, you can obviously claim that back, right? But then obviously mm -hmm. people would come in, yeah, but this is the, what we're trying to avoid, to have these financial institutions to have complete control of our money. And I think mm -hmm. these mm -hmm. conversations are starting to, to come up, especially with these financial institutions trying to enter the space and leverage this technology. And I think the reason why a game like that was that people who designed the games were 
first-generation NFT ga- gamers and, and developers, and they probably approach it with the attitude of the financial financialization aspect of, of mm. these games, but itself was not enough to make that game fun. And I yeah. think these kind of use cases, obviously, is unfortunate for individuals and teams like that to experience it. But yes. as that Carol Camden had said, and I spoken to him, he was like, we are still in our infancy stage. Where you are now, where SportsFinder is now, is really at its baby point. And the fact that you guys are doing this podcast, and educating and pushing the, these, these cool stories through based on your own um, perceptions, opinions, experiences, is adding value. And I think it's, it's really exciting to be in this space at this moment just even observing and learning about it. I totally agree, dude. Like I, I was even in a position where I felt like my, my trust was infringed when I got hacked. And it, it, it felt like I had this resent towards the system because you couldn't like complain and like go and phone someone and say, yo man, what the fuck? It was just a, a self-absorbed thing. Like I didn't even really want to tell anyone about it until I realized that there can be a learning experience, you know, mm-hmm. because it was an internal experience for me. Like it, there, no one was around. It was just me in my room, just dealing with the situation. Right. And like, there was a moment, like I said, I resented the system to the point where I felt like, can I trust it again? And for me, I know so much about or should I say, I believe in it so much that I said, yes, I can. The difference is I just need to strap up my boots and do it better because that's what it's about, bro. It's like in business, do shit. Yes, yes, (laughs) exactly. That's exactly it, bro. Definitely. You look at it that way. I know you will. I mean, yes, yes. You're right, man. I mean, to, to have money being stolen from you almost and you're, you're helpless and you very much know you're never getting that money back. I yes. Mean, these kind of learnings are going to obviously shape you into the investor that you will eventually become. So, yeah, I think Brilliant. the only reason I want to bring it up is because I think it is important. It's something that we all need, naturally need to be aware of. So we've come to the end, John. Another cracker. I think I really enjoyed this one. So Amazing. Uh, the whole thing is that nothing really happened with it, with Ethereum. I think um, a lot of people were pleasantly surprised. A lot of people weren't pleasantly um, sh- were, were, weren't shocked at all. But um, uh, I think again, thanks everyone for watching and listening. Please like, share, and subscribe. Please like that button and get in the comments if you like. And we'll see you next time. I think the next time we record will actually be episode twenty quite the milestone for us. We might pop a bottle of champagne. <laughs> but um, John, <laughs> I appreciate you wanting to share your story with everyone. And I think a lot of people would take No, it much love. And I think you, you, you're humble in defeat and uh, you, I know you'll definitely be humble in your success. So, I mean, I've learned a lot just from that. I've become a lot more um, risk averse when it comes to the way in which I'm transacting on these various platforms. And mm. we are all perceiving us to be safe, which quite clearly is not quite fair. Mm. As normal, do you have any parting yeah. remarks or words? Yeah, yeah, I do. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a pun, but I, I'd, I'd lean towards more of the spiritual side of it. But it, it, it goes like something I came up with. Um, if you can afford the law, dot, 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 it serves you. 
And it's something that for me, I find that transcending from the web to domain is going into a space where the law is a lot more unified. It's a lot more um, for everyone. It doesn't just serve the few who can afford it, if that makes sense. But yeah, much love. Yeah, I love that, man. Well, thanks. Jonathan, take care. Thanks, everyone.